0: I was not used to racing men, because women, I feel like we're just in the pool, we get up, we're ready. But guys will like dive to the flag, swim around a little bit. And I'm like just sitting there with my hands up for so long. My arms start to get tired and then my feet aren't in the right spot. And then they said, take your marks. My foot just went straight down. It was so annoying.
1: Welcome to Social Kick. I'm Brian Lundquist. We got the full crew, Dr. John Mullen, Luke Paddington, and Katherine Burkoff. What's going on, Catherine? How are you? Hey.
0: Oh, nothing much. Just chilling.
1: <laughs> What's been going on this weekend? Sounds like you've had some social uh, fun activities
0: Yeah, I was at a wedding last night, so I kind of lost my voice naturally. But yeah, so I'm I feel I'm fine though. Yeah, it was fun though. It's a good time.
2: How did, How did you lose awesome. your voice? Is, is it like in saying no protesting or partying? Explain.
0: Yeah, uh, I was protesting the wedding. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't stop. <laughs> then when it was a i said, y'all really loud and a lot. I figured. <laughs> yeah.
1: Did you get in there and catch the garter belt or whatever? The bouquet? No,
0: I dodged it like a dodgeball. I was like ducking.
1: in. <laughs> wait, you know? wait, hold on. Were you actually in the crowd? Did you get out there?
0: <laughs> uh yeah, we were. It was a pretty small wedding, um, but they had a band and it was like really, it was just kind of fun and small and everyone was dancing, it was a good time.
2: The strap is so loose for me, I don't have the raccoon eyes after swimming when I'm finished. And look at me, I'm wearing them right now and I hardly know they're on. They last so long. I've had them on now, these are three years old. I've worn these a lot in sun and in, in chlorine and nothing's changed about them and I'm so it's not fogged up. If I wore regular goggles that was three years old, this would be fogged up right now talking to you.
1: So you can support Social Kick directly by picking up a pair of Magic Five goggles using our affiliate link. Go to the Magic5.com slash Social Kick. what's going on right now? What's uh how's training going? What you up to? It's uh kind of an interesting time for uh well you're Entering your uh last season and you've decided to still uh race for the team this year. Is that right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, this nice. is my fifth year.
1: Cool. Uh how's that going? Tell us about like the decision behind that um to to take the fifth year.
0: Um, really, there was no like it would there's no second thought. As soon as I heard fifth year was an option, I that was what I wanted to do. Um, I think college swimming is so fun. And I really love my team. So I might as well just keep working with something that really works for me. And I do want to swim professionally after college for a while. I don't know how long because I still have a lot of juice left there, I guess. But um, yeah, I think really there was no second thought. I just knew for a fact fifth year was what I wanted to do.
1: We see this in other sports with... Um, particularly like commercially uh, marketable sports, basketball, football, uh, where, you know, like athletes in college really are making a decision, like a financial decision about, do I go pro, do I not? And it's pretty rare for that to happen in swimming, although there have been some cases of it. Like in my era, I remember that Aaron Pearsall only swam for, you know, I think two years at Texas and then went pro and there were like a few others kind of like that throughout, I think Ledecky only, you know, two. And then she's clearly, um, you know, missing out on, on some, some big money if she, you know, continues to, to race in college. Obviously there's other things that relate to that decision. Like what's the right training environment and format and what's my lifestyle like, but, um, when you go through that decision, you said it was automatic for you. Like, Do you feel like there's anything that you're giving up or missing out on financially by, you know, going the college slash NIL route uh, for the next year and like putting off being like true pro?
0: Yeah, I do. Um, Although since I, I wasn't like a world record holder in high school, so I think it would just be harder for me to make as much as some of them, you know? so I'm not missing out on quite as much as someone like that was really crazy fast in high school, but I do think I am missing some opportunities, but I want to swim for a long time after college. And so I feel no rush to get started. And I, I part of me worries about the transition from college swimming to pro swimming. So I just want to be like really careful about that. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not ready to give up college swimming yet. And I'd rather just keep doing what makes me happy. And I, you know, I wanted to get a master's. So it's partial. That's like kind of a financial decision, I guess. I get one year of it paid for, which is nice.
1: Totally. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a huge piece of it too. Um, I'm curious like what can you just talk us through what the rules are right now cuz I'm not that close to it and I've heard uh some of it but like what can you accept under NIL and when you look at like what you might be giving up how does that not uh, what sorts of opportunities would be um like against the rules today what's what's allowed what's not allowed in terms of sponsorship in NIL from your understanding
0: Um I really feel like I'm the type of person that knows nothing about anything, <laughs> I guess. But I do, I think, like with the prize money from uh, world championships, I'm pretty sure Arena gives me some, but I can't like get it unless I do appearances because I have to be doing work to get money. So I, they can't just like give me prize money because I went fast. It's like they need to give you prize money because or money because you did something for them. And that's, like, the NIL rule. Um, Yeah, I mean, I don't really know. Like, you can't even... One thing they always tell us is, like, if Chipotle wants to give you, like, a free burrito because you're an athlete, you can't accept that. It's technically (laughs) illegal because they can't just give you something because you're an athlete. It's just stuff like that. I mean, and obviously there's bigger opportunities, not just a free Chipotle burrito. But, like... (sighs) It's yeah, I, I really am not the person that knows that sort of thing, which, you know, not the best quality to have, but that's just how I am right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do,
2: do, I don't think many Americans know that in Canada we get we get this from five years in college. So a lot of um, swimmers can do their undergrad in the states and go to Canada and do their masters or postgrad and then swim and get another year of swimming basically paid for for you at that level, um, which I think is really really important because a lot of times once college is done, an average swimmer like myself, there's no way I could have supported myself swimming wise. I had to start you know paying for myself and how do you travel to meets and clubs and stuff. So, uh, so five years of college swimming helps prolong that career. And after that, it's really hard to sustain yourself a year or two later. You know, um, so it's, it's a good point. I do. I wish more Americans knew they can go to Canada and do a master's degree. It's really cheap and swim extra year.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. I actually had no idea about that either. Yeah. That's
2: fun, that's though. It's fun. And, you know, and Canadian swimming is not that bad, guys.
3: So okay. <laughs> Yeah, whatever you say. Go Redbirds, right?
0: <laughs> go
2: Redbirds. What do you mean?
3: <laughs> so, Catherine, we hear a lot about the NC State men's team. And, you know, God, they do the diamonds on the chest, do all these different things. But like you said, when it was the decision to come back for your fifth year, you said it, it was a no-brainer. Could you talk more about, I don't know, the dynamics of the women's NC State team? And I don't know if you're uh, you guys have any other traditions of body paint and different things like that.
0: Yeah, um, we so the men's diamond thing, that's their little tradition. Um, it's a secret. The woman can't know about it. But I think it's kind of funny that they like have their little thing. So it's but we're really close with the men's team, um, but we do have our own little traditions. We write the heartbeat on our wrist before meets. And um, yeah, just that's a cute little thing we do at meets. But I mean, I just think our team is very good at being super cohesive, like between the men and the women. And then the women just get along really well. I just think we have a great thing going for our team dynamic right now. I really like, especially where we're at right now in this year, So it makes me excited to see what everyone can accomplish. And I think since we did graduate a good bit of studs last year, big helpful points, um, it's going to help force people to step up. So I think that'll be fun to see new people improving. And I just think getting that opportunity to show yourself on those relays kind of gives people the chance to do something special that they wouldn't have if they didn't get that opportunity,
2: uh, it, it reminds me of a question I want to ask you. you you, you had a damn good NCs. I was um, but you still got three runners up. I'm sure you weren't fully happy with what's going on. Is that part of your fire to come back? Like listen, uh, I saw you on the, I saw in the podium and I saw like you're like, you know what, I should be there, not here. Is that how you felt?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I like, I think I just put too much pressure on myself. So especially winning the 100 back two years in a row, like just the thought of not winning was horrible to me. And I knew I would either be like extremely happy or devastated, which is totally ridiculous. But, um, and now I realize that, and I think it was a really good thing for me to not win. I think mm-hmm. it helped motivate me going into long course because I was so done with short course at that point, I was ready to move on. And, you know, we thought we did have a pretty good chance in that 200 medley if everyone was on. And so we were really excited that first day, and it was kind of hard when we didn't get it because obviously we're not shooting for second. So, yeah, getting three runner-ups was kind of tough. But, I mean, really still pretty good. Can't complain too much. (laughs) And looking back, I really – It's not sore feelings about it anymore. But I mean, during that meet, I was pretty devastated. Not going to lie. So it it took a lot for me to turn around and fix my emotions. But yeah, I mean, last year was just a hard year. We had a lot of illness going around the team. And I don't think that's everything going into NCAs. Like I just, training was affected because of how sick I got in the fall. But that wasn't the sole Mm -hmm. cause of what happened. I think it was just very emotional too.
2: What do you need to do next year besides not get sick? Um,
0: I think it's just like strengthening my mental game.
2: Mm.
0: Like now going into this year, I feel like the pressure is off me. I just, I identified way too much with like, A couple like small accomplishments in my career and I think when I didn't win it was like I felt kind of lost it for a little bit and then I realized that's just stupid and it's just a race and so I think just kind of letting go of what place I get and just trying to do the best that I can do is something that's been really helpful especially this summer Mm -hmm. Um, and I think I'm just going to try and take that into this short course and Keep that mindset because it's easy to get back into that negative one. But um, yeah, just try and stay positive and focus on myself.
2: Well, that's interesting to me personally. I, I, I don't gather you as a negative mindset person at all. You, the opposite. you you always a goofy and funny, and have a really good sense of humor. It seems, and and like you on the podium and your teammates, you guys were making the funniest <laughs> things the trophies and messing around. And you know you're really making fun and enjoying the moment, and it seems like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, behind the blocks, I do see a different Catherine. But you know, you do seem to ha- try to enjoy the moment. So, are you? Is that a deliberate thing? Is that your personality? Is that your team's working to look like, chill out, let's have fun and have a laugh? Yeah.
0: yeah, we're. I mean, a lot of my friends we're just kind of fun and silly, I guess. But um, yeah, I I would say I'm generally pretty relaxed and like to have fun. Um, but I do, I get so nervous sometimes, but honestly, I do kind of feel like I've moved on from that. Um, really this past summer, I barely got nervous before my races. I mean, I can think of a few where I was really nervous, but the rest, I felt really relaxed. So I think just having fun really helps keep me relaxed. And me and my teammates are really good at feeding off that or feeding off of each other with the fun energy. And we just like to do stupid things and
1: look dumb on the podium Uh, swimming needs more of that um hey what are what do you look at um with the events that you swim um and maybe this answer is different by different format whether it's short or long course but uh what are what are the things that you uh are feel like are the biggest opportunities for you to improve and like maybe are where there are some of the greatest weaknesses in your races. Like I didn't know, for example, when i swim, I discovered backstroke late. I was primarily a freestyle and butterfly and then found the hundred back late and ended up making a hundred back final. I didn't seize my senior year. Um, but like t- to, to condition for that, that, that last wall, for example, is just like stupid hard to stay underwater no. for that long and keep the same undulation and power. Um, what are, what are mm-hmm. the, th- for you race wise that you're like, okay, like if I can figure that out or focus on that, it's really going to change. Just like, yeah, performance at the end of the day. If you've been listening to Social Kick for a while, you know that we haven't been doing ad reads on this show, but as we've grown, we want to create more Social Kick content and we want to do so by partnering with the right brands that we actually believe make good products. Well, we found one with the Magic Five. We love this product. And we're happy to partner with The Magic Five. Go to themagicfive.com slash social kick.
0: I don't know why, but I feel like my details are just kind of bad. Like sometimes my start's on and sometimes it's just like not good at all. It's very inconsistent. But I think generally when I'm tapered, it's usually pretty good. So if I can like nail my start and nail my turn timing... I feel like my race will be good. I typically feel like I know how to race well once I'm swimming and underwater and stuff. It's just those, like, turns and starts that I can kind of struggle with. But especially long course, I think my switch this year was just kind of learning how to race the 100 right. I mean, before I would just either go out too hard and die or just not go out hard enough I was, it was just messing around with my race strategy. So now that I feel like I kind of nailed that down, it's more mm-hmm. getting those details, especially I feel like at Worlds, my start was kind of off. Um, I think I was just kind of tired though, to be honest, but like towards the end of the meet. Um, so I think if I can just nail that start in those turns, I know I'll have a decent race at least.
3: When you're talking about nailing the start, I know when I swam, I, I had just like a feeling on the entry, not on backstroke, but just like coming <laughs> off the block and I could just tell, oh, I'm, I'm hitting it really well, like that it's minimal splash and it was a great entry. Is that something you're going for or are you looking for like a zero to 15 meter time? How do you know when that start is on, maybe in, in warmups? And if it's not in warm-ups, what's kind of going through your head or what are some last minute things that you have found to maybe help it?
0: Yeah, I think just... I'm trying to clear my feet from the water pretty well. and then also just the angle that I'm entering, um, trying not to go too deep, but also not just super shallow. Um, yeah, it's more a feeling based thing for me.
1: You know one of the things that I always feel like is kind of tricky with details, um, and it reminded me of uh, like some experience that I had because like I was a I would taper really well but I swam pretty slow in season. And it made things like the details and the stroke count. Um, Even practicing relay starts are different uh, from like not being tapered to tapered. It's like the swimmers coming in so much faster because they're fresh and you can compensate for things like that in training by pulling somebody in on a stretch cord. But um, it does make it difficult to like simulate race feel, race pacing when you're suited, rested, fresh. Versus in season. And I think like lately in the last few years, you started to see, obviously you're part of like some meets with racing and suits in season and dual meets and incorporating a lot more race feel into the daily training. Um, is there anything that like you, you do or that you guys do in your program or also like things, opportunities that you look at with some of the examples you gave about details and, trying to nail those with with dead legs, for example, anywhere that you can kind of like uh, use, uh, you know, equipment or technology to kind of help you practice that in, in season?
0: Well, um, what you were saying about feeling dead in season and just it's hard to replicate how it feels when you're tapered. I so hardcore relate to that. Like I just think taper is what makes a difference for me. I, like in my legs, I just need it. But, um, yeah, I think something we've kind of struggled with was our blocks, but we're getting new blocks. So, and they should be getting here really soon, actually. Um, so I think that will help. I can just like practice backstroke starts better with having blocks that they'll be using at big time meets like trials and worlds. What's different um,
1: about them? So yeah, what's different we about just,
0: them? they're old, like um just our backstroke bar. It's a little outdated, but mm. we're getting new ones. So if anyone's watching this and thinking about coming to NT State, we got new blocks coming on the way, so you should come.
2: But so, the coaches are okay, the swimmers okay, the program's okay, but it's the blocks. The blocks <laughs> are great. <good.
0: laughs> yeah. No, but it's, yeah, just um, we really I think one thing NC state's very good at is racing tired. like we are I feel like we're just very good at um race learning how to race tired, and I mean, it's something we do it all the time in practice and meets, um so we're just I feel like we really do practice our details a lot and sometimes it's just hard when you're so tired just you can't replicate how it feels in a meet but I mean with the relay starts sometimes we'll wear fins um when we're swimming in just to try and make it closer to what it would be in a race but um yeah I just think the coaches I don't know I believe in all of them so I think they know what they're doing but I think we're all, for the most part, everyone on the team is pretty good with the details. That's more of a personal struggle for me. Mm. Yeah.
3: You mentioned being just exhausted at Worlds or just being tired. Um, was that just the length of the, the meet, you think, or just the, the length of the season kind of catching up to you? I know there was some chatter online about like, God, why do we have semis of the 200s? at this meet like come on and like it's pretty much like so much I know you weren't doing the 200s but it just stretches that meet out so long right and it's such an emotional roller coaster um maybe what are your thoughts on maybe why you were feeling that way
0: yeah I think um I don't know I training short course like the way I train short course is just very different from long course and I think the way we train short course for probably most college teams is just so built to do 14 races. Like you're racing so much at NCA, so you have to be ready to last a really long time in a meet. But um, for something like Worlds, it's not quite the same. So I do think I just – I might fatigue a little more long course towards the end of a meet. And I don't think that's, like, super common – for me, long course, I think just this year, for some reason, after the hunter back, I got really tired and sometimes you can't really explain why it happens, but, um, yeah, I don't know something I saw flip switched after and I, okay, actually, I think I know it. I think it was <laughs> am working. The cogs are turning, <laughs> but I think what happened is I put so much time and like emotion and energy into the hunter back. That, like, once it's over, whether I want to or not, like, I'm kind of checking out. My body's like, you're done. You did it. So, by the time that 50 back happened, I was like, oh, well, the main course is done. Like, I'm good now. I can just chill. But wasn't the case. Wasn't ready to chill.
3: So, is the 50 back not a real event? What are you trying to say here?
0: I wish if it was at the Olympics, I think I would care a lot more about it but I think the way I think about it helps it for me. Cause I just put no pressure on it since it's, you don't have to think as long as you nail your details, you're good. And if my details aren't there, it's just, it's going to be harder. And that's just kind of how it was. So I was like, well, I'm just going to try and have a good time.
2: I I got a question about some pressure you may face at worlds. Um, so when we swam, and we made a finals. We got to choose our walkout song. And there was some pressure in that, right? Because everybody has say, "Hey, we a walkout song.
1: Well, but- to be clear, with Luke Swam, he got to do that. <laughs> when I- and, and
3: wait, you had to be like the top seed. So did you ever get to pick yourself? I'm like? in Canada. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> this
3: is all hypothetical. Yeah. <laughs> Let me get to my story.
2: <laughs> um, so uh, talk to me. Now you have a video wall behind the blocks where you see yourself as you walk on. You see yourself doing your pose. Talk us through that. Is it Does everybody who competes at Worlds have to go to a media day and record themselves, even if they're like me and have no chance of hell of getting a second swim unless it's a warm down? And what? how do you decide what you're going to do and where it's going to play? Talk us through that whole process of recording yourself with that video wall and the pressure you must be under or not.
0: <laughs> um. Well, I guess technically you don't have to do it. But I think if you didn't, there would just be like a blank screen behind you when you walk out. Yeah. So yeah, you want to do it. And I think they're so fun and cool. Um, but yeah, they wreck. I mean, at least I feel like USA Swimming takes such good care of their athletes when we travel. Like they're making sure everyone's doing one. Um, so at least with the U.S., they're like telling everyone to go do it. Yeah. Um, even if you feel like you don't have a chance. But yeah, I mean, for me, I just, I mean, I have a fake tooth. I feel like that's pretty well known at this point. Um, So yeah,
2: <laughs> right there. How did you get there? Talk about this.
0: How did I lose my tooth? The whole
2: world saw this, like international TV, you're walking out and you see yourself and you're like, yeah, and that's me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um. I just think it's funny like it's funny. yeah I don't know what else I would do for a walkout video like I'm not the type of person that can really take that super seriously so I felt like it was just the easiest option just to take out my tooth and like bite my lip or something. Awesome. <laughs> I didn't know they were going to show the bite my lip clip the whole walkout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was definitely the least flattering part of the video, and they really liked it. so that was a surprise, but I thought it was pretty funny. and everyone told me they loved it, so I'll do it again. I'll do it next year the year after. I don't care. Hey,
1: what are, are the what are the what what's what are the rules um what are the no rules? What do they tell you you can't do?
0: uh you basically just have to they have like this camera set up and they have a little X it's like school pictures. They're like, stand on the X. And, but then they're like, you can do whatever you want. Just stay there and look at the camera. And they like really want to make sure you're looking at that camera. Cause even when I was looking at it, they were telling me to look at it. So I was like, okay, well, but yeah, I mean, it's, you can really do whatever you want. I guess maybe don't like do anything offensive, but yeah. I guess they didn't think my tooth was offensive, so that's good.
1: (laughs) What would you do, Brian? Uh I don't know. I just feel like you gotta give some sort of flex, maybe. Or you go. actually I well, I did a similar thing for my ski pass this year. I think my (laughs) ski pass truthfully looked pretty well, it's the same same idea, but I think I was just doing some like Kind of weird, <laughs> funny face on the ski pass, but that's the only example that I have because we didn't do the crazy video for walkouts, um, which I think is a cool evolution to how we introduce people in swimming now. But I mean, Catherine, what else? Um, what else do you think? Like, could take an event like the swimming world championships to the next level?
0: Um, I think. I thought last year how they did the walkouts was a little more cool, like more uh fan oriented. I like when they turn all the lights off and like have these like cool disco lights going and they got the music. And I feel it almost I was telling I don't remember who I was talking to, but I said it feels kinda like you're in like a video game and we're a bunch of video game characters being introduced for like a race. And it's like, Mm. choose your racer type vibe. (laughs) So I really like that. They do that one person at a time, like the intense walkout music. Um, Yeah. So I really, I think they do a great job with that. Maybe, you know, more lasers, more smoke. I don't know. Make us come out from the ground. Like they do at Olympic trials. Yeah. That could be cool.
3: I mean, more lasers is better for everything, right?
0: I always say add some more lasers.
2: <laughs> Going back to the 90s, I had a massive beatbox. Of like, And I used to walk out of this big thing. And, walk <laughs> and, this, and it was a theme track to Mortal Kombat. And in soccer, they walk out holding a kid's hand, which is really nice as well. So you walk out of a kid's hand on soccer and go and go and, and like give them that experience. you know, I think that would be nice as well.
0: I really like that too. That sounds nice. to it's grounding, you know, to have yeah. a kid next year. They're like, they don't know what's going on. This yeah, is just exactly. so relaxing now. <laughs> yeah.
1: I was um watching the track and field worlds recently, and I always find it funny to compare swimming to other sports and like the format and the way things work. I don't understand why track takes three athletes to the worlds and the Olympics um, per event when usa or when swimming only takes two um somebody tell us in the comments if you know what the answer to that is i don't know if it's team size but i also look at like the way that they um you know advance through through the heats or the rounds as they say mm-hmm. in in track um where you know it's like based on competitors and you're just finishing top three rather than like every heat just doing purely time-based and the other one that i find kind of cool is um or just different, and I notice is the lane selection. But do you think it'd be cool if you could just choose your own lane? And if so, uh, what yeah. lane would you choose? Would it always be the same one, like an outside lane in swimming?
0: Oh wow, I've never really thought about that. I kind of like that they're assigned because that would just put too much pressure. <laughs> like to, I like that you can't control what other. You know, I'm glad I can't pick. But I think if I could pick, I do like the center lanes. Um, although maybe the outside lanes are faster. I'm not really sure. I guess people would start looking into the science of it a little bit more if you could choose. But yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know.
2: Unless you have a lucky number, lucky lane six or something. That comes on a superstition.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. that's. Yeah. I then I'd get to. I develop some it's sort of superstition else. about it. Exactly. <laughs> And then I Brian, if to. you
2: have to if you are in track, you have to finish top three to get the next round. There's an backstroke a disadvantage. You have all these people looking like you know, yeah, <laughs> top three. It's mean, look look know top three. I mean, I don't know.
1: I'm sure there's backstruckers that look around, but you only have an opportunity to do so really underwater. I don't know. Yeah, do exactly. you like do you ever notice a competitor next to you, Catherine?
0: I I feel like i my shoulders, there's so much water right here, I never see anything next yeah. to me. Like the only time I'll see someone is if on a flip turn. But I kind of don't mind that. I I feel like I don't typically use the people next to me to like do my race. I try to do it all on my own. Um, or else that would probably mess up my race strategy.
2: But well, should we introduce that in swimming? Should you be able to in track? You can see your competitors. You can see the screen when you're running your time. Should we have a way for swimmers to see where they are in the race? Like there's mirrors up there, or there's a way for swimmers to know what
1: the hell's going on. Well, there have been backstrokers like- before that said they looked at the video board. Have you ever had a race like that?
0: Yeah, I try not to because I just I don't want to know. I
3: don't. <laughs> like, just,
0: so. <laughs> yeah, I like I intentionally look the other direction. I'm like not not looking at that. Yeah,
1: not for me. I was. I always thought it'd be cool if there was a clock in, in the pool and like more info in the pool. The fact that we've got um, still, I mean, lap counters... Are finally uh, evolving some, but it, like the fact that there would be somebody sticking like a lap counter into the water all the time is just the dumbest thing. I think it's so ancient; like the technology hasn't evolved. Um, but like, I mean, it, even back to the track example, I was watching this um, world record attempt, a successful world record attempt from uh, the Norwegian guy Jakob um, for the for the two k world record, and like they had all and, and you know track they've got the the dot system like the lights that line the inside of the track to show them what the pace of the world record is. And like in swimming, you can't see that when you're in the pool, you can just, they just overlay the world record line on the coverage after the fact, but it'd be kind of sweet, especially for like events longer than a hundred, maybe where pacing is a little bit more of a, of a strategy, you know, like it might affect your race more to to have more information. I think it'd be cool if there was like more info in the pool readily available to athletes time, pacing, you know, I don't give, I don't really care about like the meters per second that they've shown no. <laughs> some of the coverage, like that doesn't really matter to me, but, uh, um, I don't know. Yeah. Brian, don't have you, have your,
3: you have your coach going like this on the side. Isn't that good <laughs> enough to know you're, you're on pace. You're doing
1: great. Oh, yeah. Catherine, what do we think about the headsets? Like a coach in the headset and like <laughs> yes. during a race. Please tell me you'd hate it.
0: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I actually see, I think all of these, I don't see why it's not allowed. I feel like if it would help someone, why wouldn't you try to make something faster? It just doesn't really make sense to me. But I, Personally, don't think I'd use any of these things, um, especially the headset thing. You know, I think Braden would love that during practice, and he'd love it during a race too. Cause I think, like a lot of the time when I'm racing, Braden's just like so upset with my turn details and starts. He's like, ah, oh. especially at short or world champ trials prelims, Hunter backstroke. I could not swim straight to save my life. I don't know what was going on. That ceiling was really disorienting to me, but yeah. So I think Brayden would love to tell me what to do when I'm racing and it probably would help, but I, I don't know. All
3: right. Hunter back at worlds. You have your headset on. What's Brayden telling you?
0: It's telling me to speed up into my turn. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Just not let my tempo slow down into that turn and not lift my head into it either. Not push off deep. There's lots of things.
2: I had a coach who I could just turn to the side and I just see him standing there. And if he just stood there and he had this symbol, I'm not going to explain what the symbol meant. He just stood there and looked at me. I was like, oh my God, I'm, I failed you tremendously. It uh, meant something. Is there a symbol that he gives you? And you know, is he just go like this?
0: No, not really. <laughs> no. I, I feel like I spend my vision's not great. So I spend a lot of my time like just trying to squint and see what my time is and where I finished in the heat. So I'm like not really looking for Brayden until my race is done. And I think he knows that. But yeah, I mean, not really. I feel like we're pretty... I usually know if I do something wrong, and he knows that I know. So it, it's fine. We'll just talk about it after.
1: Have you ever had that be a source of conflict after a race? where where a coach not specifically Braden but where a coach was um you know like had given you explicit instructions to do something and like it didn't turn out that way or like you know there was just some like I tried and I don't know you got into an argument
0: oh yeah I'm sure I mean (laughs) it's really hard for me to do things right sometimes like I don't know why I I know what I need to do but just the time I just can struggle with that timing but um Yeah, I mean, I can't think of a direct example, but I'm sure throughout my whole career it's happened.
1: Sidebar, what would be the worst thing to happen to you in a race? Losing your goggles or missing the wall entirely on a turn?
0: Oh, God, they're both so bad. But I almost think the wall would be worse because with your goggles off, you can still maybe do pretty well. But missing a turn, that's like a few seconds.
3: Have you ever had that happen?
0: A mile. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. <laughs> um, No, I haven't. Well, you know, I've had it happen a little bit, um, but nothing uh, traumatizing. <laughs> you know, I've been next to people who have done it, and that's like, oh, I remember just, like, seeing it in, like, my heart dropping for that person. I'm like, oh, that sucks. But, you know, it's... um. Yeah, it's bad when it happens, but it hasn't. I mean, it hasn't happened to me in a devastating way since I was probably really young.
2: What advice do you can can you give to keep straight in a long course hundred back, not hitting the ropes? What what, what do you do?
0: I don't know, cause I think I struggle. I don't know a lot of people that struggle like I do to some straight. I'm wondering if it's my vision, like genuinely. I don't know what's up, but something that helps me is not thinking about it. I think sometimes I just think about it too much and then I like do a ping pong. But yeah, I mean, just kind of going mindless. I definitely, I don't know how I do long course outside these days. Um, So I haven't, I I'd probably just have to get on a lane line if I were to do that. But yeah, I don't know, just trying not thinking about it.
3: All right, I have one more variable. We had the goggles, the turn. How about the wedge moving or your foot slipping on the wall?
0: Yeah, that's probably right there with the um, with the turn. That actually happened at Worlds um, in the prelims mixed medley. I for some reason I don't know. Oh, I know what it was. The all the, I was not used to racing men because women, I feel like we're just in the pool, we get up, we're ready. But guys will like dive to the flag, swim around a little bit. And I'm like just sitting there with my hands up for so long. My arms start to get tired and then my feet aren't in the right spot. And then they said, take your marks. My foot just went straight down. It's so annoying, but I mean, so I had to work extra hard that first fifty. But I really, it, I don't think it affected my time, like too dramatically. But it made the race way harder than I expected it. <laughs> so yeah, I know that one's really bad. I definitely goggles is the best of those three.
1: Funny observation to um, that men take longer and just have more prep. More of like a a show to put on, like to get ready to do a start. Uh, Why do you think that is? You think it's dudes just got to flex?
0: Yeah, I really, I think guys just like to get in each other's heads more. But I mean, there are definitely girls out there that want to do it too. So I'm like, now that the secret's out, maybe girls are going to (laughs) start doing this. So I got to just take my time too. But. Yeah, I mean, I definitely – that was kind of a lesson learned. I I need to slow my process down because I don't want to be the first one ready and then waiting forever because, um, I don't know, I – something – I just like to be ready really fast. But, yeah, I mean, you can see it at women's versus men's NCAs too. I'm sure you guys noticed this. But it's yeah. very different watching the meets. Like, women's NCAs, everyone's, like, very chill and not – being too obnoxious, but men's is everyone's smacking themselves. They got chains and they're like,
3: it's just <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> so what's going to be your strategy if you're in another mixed medley? Is it just get in the water a little, little later or just, uh, you know, waste some time before you grab the, grab the bar. What do you think is going to be uh, the better strategy?
0: All of that. <laughs> like they, it took so long. Like I'm just going to have to do everything. I'm going to have to jump in slow. I'm not going to swim to the flags that would like spike my cortisol. I would get real stressed doing that. I just something about that doesn't sit right for me personally, but yeah, I'm going to have to take it slower next time. That is for sure.
3: So back to the men's NCs. um, What is the most ridiculous thing you think you you've seen watching men's Uh men's races, like whether it's a backstroke entry or them doing something silly behind the block? And then what do you think is something that the guys think is silly that the women do?
0: Oh, I like, this is such an easy answer for me, actually. Um, I remember 2022 NCAAs um, when Casper, my teammate, won, like, uh, it was just the best reaction. I mean, if if he wasn't on my team, I probably would be like, who is this guy? But since he's my team, I was like, everyone was screaming and going crazy. We loved it like how he jumped out hopped on the blocks and was flexing like that was just awesome like can you imagine if a girl did that that would be so cool but yeah I mean that's me that's me regardless of my finish I'm gonna do that this year but um (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) <laughs> um, But, you know, it. so that was probably the most ridiculous thing I've seen. And his walkout, like, he just sat there and was, like, leaning back. Everyone else was ready. And it was just – he looked – like, it, you just knew he was going to win from the start. So it was really cool to watch that. And I know that what the guys – like, just talking to my teammates – like, we all poke fun at each other for what we do before our races, and we'll talk about Casper's, like, ridiculous finish and celebration. Everyone loved it. But, like, the women, everyone's just, like, that's it. Like, a little thumbs up and then nothing else. So that's, like, probably the most ridiculous thing that women do, too. I feel like we are just maybe need to flare it up a bit.
1: I always appreciate it when I always appreciate it when there's a woman who hops on the lane rope and gives a flex. Yeah. You, you just don't see it that often. I, I had that um experience too, because people hated my teammate Cesar Cielo. Everybody hated his his post-race celebrations because they were over the top. But when it's your teammate who's you know winning races, you don't react to it like I liked it. But uh, that's for me in general, too. Like in sports in general, I've never liked a, a quiet champion. Like I want somebody who's gonna celebrate it. Yeah. I always looked at somebody like Roger Federer, for example. It just seemed to me to be like the the soft spoken, like the gentleman. And I don't know. I I want somebody to flex and celebrate and yell. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, as long like I'm just gonna root for someone if I like them as a person, you know, and I'd say I like majority of I like I I don't know, I like everyone, but you know, so when I see like someone that I like really love like reacting in a crazy way, like it just fires me up. So, yeah, I mean, those reactions are just the best.
2: you seldom see the opposite, like, God damn it or crying or like no. is it loose? Like we don't see that, do we? Like no, you don't touch don't. the
0: wall and go, oh. <laughs> that would be so bad. That would be, be good. So <laughs> no, it would be really like I think more people would watch swimming if we did oh, that. Like, mm. Yeah, we just Speak- need to agree to put on a show.
1: Yeah, I mean on the on the tennis uh, comparison, especially right. with the U.S. Open going on right now, like people people get angry and they smash a racket. Yeah, but you don't see that in swimming, where somebody just like rips a cap in half and then <laughs> yeah.
0: Up. <laughs> that that's pretty funny though, yeah. I mean, I can't imagine anyone I know doing that.
1: I wish though that there was like a a way. I I always like the conflict between <laughs> tennis players and the chair umpire when there's uh like a call that they don't agree with and they come and argue it and then usually it's like you know it, it ends up being clipped and some sort of meme maybe. Um, <laughs> I wish I wish that swimming could have that for for protests. Like we've had. Uh, especially in the last year, um, you know, a lot of a lot of uh, what do you, controversy around rules and a lot of things being called. This past year, it was the the back to breast turn, um, and and we've had like dolphin kicking and breaststroke and stuff like that where it just gets called a lot. But I, I'd love it if somebody got called, and then you could just protest it or you know just have that conflict in the
3: moment on deck. That'd be way better yeah. for the sport, I think.
0: Uh huh, for sure.
3: Yeah, just like mic them up as the coaches go up and try to argue it. That would be awesome just to kind of, I don't know, like in he- hear how they're saying it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> yeah. thing about baseball. Like you said, like you have umpire er, umpires and <laughs> managers like going out and arguing and yelling in their face and throwing bases. Imagine if like Durden or Brayden or someone like right after someone got dq just ran over to the official and just started screaming at them right in their face.
0: Yeah, I mean – I would watch that
3: for sure. (laughs) It'd be way better for the sport. I would love to watch that.
0: Uh If they wanted more people to watch, you know, that would definitely work.
3: Is it because it's a, I guess tennis is a country club sport too. I was going to say, is it because it's like a country club sport? Like you said, everyone's a gentleman. Oh, I love all my competitors. I respect everyone here. Is it just the sport's too much like that?
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of weird. I think so. I guess. You know, maybe swimmers are just more relaxed.
2: Who knows? Catherine, would you prefer to swim a really, really fun meet versus a really, really fast meet? So the best in the world versus a meet that's that's super fun in in the events. What would you? I mean, ideally you want both, right? But if you had a mm-hmm. choice, come come next week and swim in Jacksonville. It's a super fun meet, really different. Or two weeks from now we have the you know world's final. I don't know what. It's a good question. Um,
0: it depends how good I feel. If I'm like really feeling good, I want that fast meat, you know? Yeah. But if I'm not feeling it, I mean, if I'm not feeling it, I probably don't want to race regardless. But um, yeah, I mean, it is so fun to feel good and then just feel like you're dominating, you know? You're just like on yeah. fire. And I mean, that world's not going to be the best in every event, that's for sure. So like... It is nice to have that time to shine. And I mean, I think that's kind of something I benefited from growing up in Montana. There's just not a lot of, it's just not nearly as competitive as other regions. So I felt like I really did get a lot of time to shine there.
1: Do you think um, we have to choose between a sport that uh, well, I, th- I think about this comparison a lot, uh, um, looking at swimming versus the way other sports operate, because we had a um, conversation with Cam McAvoy recently where he t- brought up some innovative ideas about the way to evolve swimming and to make it more competitive and to add fun elements into it. And it almost seems like usually when these things come up, there are things like ISL skins or like more rounds added to it and make it more more competition based, but less like peak performance time based. And, um, and like I think there's swimming purists who, and people who have experienced like what you have and in, in swimming with a big taper. It's like, it's such a cool phys- physical, physiological thing that, um, a lot of people don't ever experience in their life where you can train really hard and then totally peak and you have this like almost out of body experience like, well, that's so crazy what my body could do. Um, But like that might be in conflict to what ultimately would make the sport really like the most fun to watch because, you know, you could have more competitions at a high level. But how do you think you would perform given like given that you're somebody who like really tapers well uh, if if the sport were to evolve into something where you just had to be like consistent throughout Mm -hmm. the season versus, you know, train, 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 train peak?
0: Um, I think if that were the case, I'd probably train a bit differently Um, because I think when we're training in the fall and winter, we're really, the coaches are not concerned with how fast we're training, unless you're trying to like actually get a time or qualify for a meet, but otherwise they're just more concerned that you're going to prepare yourself best for the end of the season. So I think if we did more meets like that throughout the season, I probably would just train a little less. Um, so I wouldn't be so broken down at those points, but I do think, um, if I, I think I would really like something like that. Um, maybe a mix of that sort of thing and tapering and, you know, I don't necessarily care if I were to feel good in something like that. Cause we've done things like that before at the tier meets, um, the shootout fifties. And I thought that was so much fun. Um, and it doesn't really, it's not like it's super measurable and like, it doesn't really matter that much who wins. So it's more just a for fun thing. So I don't really care if I feel good. So I think they should incorporate that more into meets, um, I mean, obviously, it's hard when you're trying to get race practice and like practice exactly what's going to happen at the Olympics to just fit in more of those sorts of competitions. But I feel like in off years, they might as well just have a little more fun with what they're doing at meets.
2: Talking about Paris, we're in the Olympic year. What's what's your plan for the next year? Are you are you going to be same as usual? Yards, yards, yards. U.S. So open or two long course peak in March, then go back down again and peak for trials? Anything different? And are you practicing French every day?
0: Yes, all of the above. Um, But, well, I think, um, I really think our coaches learn so much every year. I mean, every coach does. um, But I think I'm going to focus really heavily on long course this year, um, especially... Just going into trials, that's me and Brayden. I've talked a lot. That's the focus of the year for sure. We've been already been doing a lot of long course this year. Mm-hmm. And um, we will continue to throughout the season. But I told Brayden, too, I, I still care about NCAs. This is my last one. And I want to do the best that I can and help the team the best I can. And just leave on a really good note. So, um, yeah, really... Kind of business as usual, just mm-hmm. more long course focus and make sure that really the main focus is Olympics and Olympic trials.
1: For sure. All right, we got a few rapid fire questions and then we'll let you go, Catherine. All right. What's the hardest race in swimming?
0: I think the 4AM.
1: Olympic gold or world record? World record. Do you pee in the pool? A lot. <laughs> is the best underwater kicker of all time.
0: Oh my God. I don't know. I, there are so many people that are so good that I can think of. I mean, everyone talks about Caleb Dressels. I think Gretchen's amazing underwater. Um, I don't know. There are so many good people at, at underwaters. I just, the list goes on.
1: What's an event that you never get to race because you have other priorities that, are kind of the the best events for you. What's, what's an event that you would love to do if you had the opportunity, but you just don't get a chance to.
0: Um, probably the 200 free. I actually really like that race and I haven't swam it in a meet for years, but I really, I think I could have a good one if I gave it a go.
1: A two free hundred back double would be a brutal.
0: (laughs) Definitely not one I'm going to do ever.
1: (laughs) What's the best nickname anyone's ever had in swimming?
0: Mm, Oh, I don't know. I can't even really think of any at this point in time.
1: What should yours be?
0: Uh, You know, my Twitter handle is cat poop. So some people call me that. (laughs) Yeah, I've got a few, I've got a few nicknames. So. I didn't know
3: that. <laughs> yeah. Laid <laughs> a big cat poop out there again.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a good one, obviously.
1: What's the best race you've ever seen in person?
0: Um. Probably, I feel like so many meets I haven't really focused a lot on the races I'm watching. I don't know why. It's kind of, sometimes it's just, I'm not really soaking it all in. But I think something that I thought was really cool from this past summer was watching the mile, the men's Mm -hmm. mile. Just seeing two guys going at the world record so close each turn, like that was just insane. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: That was really cool.
1: It's hard to beat a good mile. All right. What's the hardest event to make the U.S. Olympic team in?
0: I mean, I'm... I would say I'm slightly biased in this, but I think it's the 100 backstroke or 200 backstroke. And I mean, I'm biased, but also everyone does it. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like everyone my age just decided to be a backstroker. Like, we all agreed. (laughs) So I really do think it's very hard in um, backstrokes.
1: All right, last one. How often are we doing social kick at NC State?
0: Social kick? I'd say daily, like... I mean, at least in cool down, I'm going to do some social kick. You know, I require my social kick time.
1: Yeah. That should be required. Well will thank yeah, Braden and the rest of the staff for that. Catherine, thanks for hanging out. It's good to chat with you. I look forward to watching your race this year. And, um, yeah, if you uh, feel so inclined. Just uh, go ahead and race with the with the fake tooth out, you know, just just fully commit to it. Not just the pre-race video, but we want to see you racing, like, giving the live camera that shot, too, right behind the blocks.
0: Yeah, no, that I've thought about it. People have tried to get me to, I, you know, maybe. But I did a practice without it once. I don't know why. It just messed me up so much. I was so distracted the whole time.
1: It needs to be gold. That's what it needs to be.
0: Yeah. I, or I could get a grill. That would also be nice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, back to the Lochte days when he had a grill. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. All right. All right. Well, we'll let you go. That's it for this episode of social kick. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you next time. Yeah. Thank you. Hey everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you're enjoying social kick, tell your friends about it. And be sure to tell us what you liked by leaving a comment and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Social Kick, and you can find all of our content on our website.